podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you thinking more about how to tighten up your budget these days? Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average, and customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where today we are previewing the Liverpool versus Crystal Palace game this coming Wednesday evening at Anfield. Joining me once again is Jay Riley. You can follow Jay on Twitter at thecophq, and uh, regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you, Jay? Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed to be honest because we'd waited so long hadn't we um, for the football to start again and all the vibes were that Liverpool had sort of prepared well for it we'd had a game against Blackburn which we won convincingly 6-0 we'd had a couple of squad into squad games and you know 90 minute games amongst the squads and you know all the vibes were that we were we were ready raring to go and then I don't really know what quite happened on on Sunday evening. To be honest, I thought it was a shocker of a game. Yeah, we'll we'll get straight into the uh, to the Merseyside derby. Obviously, it was uh, a nil nil draw. Pretty poor game, wasn't it? From from start to finish, we only created a couple of opportunities. Um, Jordan the whole game, a couple of free kicks from Trent. Um, Everton had a, a decent chance at the end and and could have. Took the three points really, couldn't he? But just um, give us your thoughts on the on the Merseyside derby from Sunday, please, Jay. Well, yeah, going into the game, we were upbeat, weren't we? Because I mean, yeah, forget the fact that Everton very rarely ever win derby games. It's been a decade, ten years since they last won one, and we all know that going to Goodison Park normally is a tough place to go. I mean, I think we've drawn there now eight of the last nine times, which is quite remarkable, really. Um, and, and there's no doubt about it there. Fans do create a toxic atmosphere, which makes it a little bit more daunting to go to most other grounds, you know, in terms of an away game. And, you know, it can be quite intimidating at times. And I think the results prove that. They back it up, don't they, really? Because it's not been a happy hunting ground, really, for Liverpool the past decade. Because, as I say, since the last time they beat us at Goodison Park, I think Liverpool have won maybe two derby games there. So, you know, it's it's not great. But with there not being any fans there on Sunday and the the lack of preparation that we'd heard, I mean, even we had Paul Joyce on the last podcast and he backed that theory up as well, that Everton didn't have a friendly game. They hadn't had many squad games amongst themselves. And going into the game, all the vibes were that Liverpool were fit and were ready. And we'd had, what, three squad games. We'd also had a game against Blackburn, as I've just mentioned before. And the performance was just awful. It was flat. It was, you know, like a training 
session really at times I thought I mean Everton started okay Richarlison had a shot didn't he that he dragged wide Liverpool just totally controlled the first half really after that but created very little I thought Firmino was very wasteful with an opportunity he had where he should really have played Naby Cater in and decided to shoot instead and not a great effort you know we all know Bobby this season hasn't been great in front of goal Um, I just thought it was just very disappointing, really. We've been, you know, starved of football for over a hundred days. Everyone's eager, ready, you know, excited for the return of football, and that's what we got dished up on Sunday evening. And very, very disappointing, really. And you know, you look at the team selection didn't help either because we knew leading up to the game, Mo Salah had hardly trained for a couple of weeks. Andy Robertson had hardly trained for a couple of weeks, so. It seemed inevitable, really, that both of them were going to miss the game. And so it proved, I mean, Mo Salah made the bench. Robertson wasn't even in the squad. Um, and and obviously to include Minamo, Minamino, Minamoto, as John Barnes was saying, Minamino into the team, I, I thought he just looked a bit lost, to be honest, on the right-hand side. He kept dropping deep and coming inside too much and... That's yeah. where he's better suited. He's more suited to a central role, isn't he? Or maybe a false nine. And that's where he played in, in the squad games and the game against Blackburn. So, look, who am I to criticise Jürgen Klopp? He knows better than me. But it just seemed a bit strange that Klopp played him, started him out on that right-hand side because he just kept on coming inside. And he looked lost, to be honest. And I don't think he performed that bad. You know, Some of his link play was good. He was good on the ball. But he was just coming into the wrong areas and... It just he just didn't really suit playing on that right hand side, and that needs to be rectified. I mean, if Salah wasn't to make the game on Wednesday night against Crystal Palace, I'd I'd rather have Harvey Elliott playing there. I really would. I know he's only seventeen year old boy, but he's more suited to playing on the right hand side than what Minamino is. So, you know, that's not a criticism of Minamino. As I say, I don't think he looked that bad. It's just he looked a bit lost in the position he was asked to play. Um, other than that I thought Naby Keita was the star performer he'd played really well in, in these warm up games and the squad games the game against Blackburn and he carried it forward into the Merseyside derby he was Liverpool's brightest spark in the game for me found like a lot of space at times and you know never created a lot but he was really good on the ball he was our most promising player for me um, as I say the second half Liverpool were on top though for Probably about twenty minutes before they had them silly drinks breaks. They're, they're awful. Yeah, it just disrupts the game. I mean, I understand it. It's summertime now, so if the if the humidity levels and and the weather's cracking the flags, the sun's cracking the flags. It's really warm. I, I get it because the fitness levels are probably not great at the moment because it's only early days back after the restart. But there was no need whatsoever to have them breaks on Sunday. It just disrupted Liverpool's game, the rhythm that we, we were getting into. Liverpool were in control. As I say, not creating loads, but we had a lot of possession and were looking like more likely to score. And it just ruined it for us, really. And then, obviously, the, the substitutions come and that doesn't help either. I mean, as I say, I was surprised that Naby Keita got taken off. It was disappointing, really, because he was Liverpool's best player for me. And then... It was just very disjointed after that. And as you quite rightly say, Everton could have, could have nicked it at the end. I mean, Tom Davis hit the post, didn't he? A deflection really off Joe Gomez and Richarlison had the chance as well. And 
Liverpool could have ended up losing a game that we were sort of like in control of. And as I say, the stats will back that up as well. Possession and efforts, but nothing really to threaten Pickford until the very end, really, when Fabinho had a free kick that Pickford tipped over the bar in injury time. But, you know, the only positives you can take from the game is that Liverpool ended up getting, you know, we need six points to, to guarantee the title We've got one point there in the derby, so we need another five to guarantee it. And as I say, the, the positives were performance-wise was that um, Naby Keita stood out for me and looked at you know the player that Liverpool signed two years ago after a frustrating couple of seasons for him. He certainly looked very good in in, in the Mesa derby, but you know it, what a very very poor game. And maybe it is a sign of you know let's be honest, should we really be in that shock though? Because Liverpool, whenever we have breaks throughout the season, international breaks mm. or whenever we're out the cup and we don't play for a weekend or two, we do tend to struggle and take a bit of time to get the momentum back, don't we, in our rhythm? So maybe put it down to that, hoping for more against Palace on Wednesday night. Yeah, and there was uh, one or two surprising names on, on the team sheet at the start, like you say, wasn't it? Minamino was one of them and John Matip as well, who started ahead of um, Joe Gomez. Was that a surprise to you as well, Jay? Very surprising because in the squad games that we've seen and obviously the, the Blackburn game as well, it's been Van Dyke and Gomez. They've been the pair and they've been the partnership and, and that will yeah. be everyone's number one pair. And so when you see Matip on you know, the starting eleven as well as James Milner, but we all had an idea that that could happen because Milner had been training at left-back all week. But when you're analysing, you've got Milner left-back and Matip, who's probably the third-choice centre-half. You know, it was a makeshift back line, really. I mean, that's no disrespect to Matip. I thought Matip played quite well, to be fair. Um, and he did you know, play centre-half with Van Dijk when we won the European Cup in Madrid last June. So, you know, it's no major issue, but it was a bit of a surprise that Gomez didn't start, though, alongside Van Dijk. Not that it mattered too much, because obviously we still ended up keeping a clean sheet, didn't we, in the game? But, yeah, a little bit of a shock. Um, but, you know, Matip went off injured then, didn't he? And then we had to endure a, a last-minute, last-15-minute, comedy act from Dejan Lovren who he's just an absolute shambles he's certainly Liverpool's David Louise isn't he yeah and depending on um, the situation against Crystal Palace there could be one or two more changes like you say Matip went off with an injury Milner as well so just looking forward to the to the selection issues that Jurgen Klopp's going to have ahead of the, the Palace game um, I'll just see him lining up with the, with the potential of the, of these players who need to be replaced. Well, I think this is, this could be a very tough game against Crystal Palace because I I watched them on Saturday evening and to be fair they looked ready they looked very well prepared you know big powerful physical side with plenty of pace as well. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Bournemouth are a very poor side and they look destined to be relegated for me, but. Like I say, Crystal Palace were on it. They started brightly. They, they went 2-0 up early on. Could have added to it, really, to tell you the truth. They're a very dangerous side. And they are a little bit of a bogey team to Liverpool. Um, they're the last team to beat Liverpool at Anfield in the league three years ago, April 2017. So just over three years. Um, they had like a little bit of a hoodoo sign on Liverpool. I think they won three 
three times at Anfield on the spin, didn't he, as well, around them times, like in the 2015, 16, 17. Um, I remember the pieces at Anfield, Gerard's last home game at Anfield as well, 3-1. So they are a dangerous team, and we all know about Wilfred Zaha, he's the main man, he's, he's a very, very dangerous player, always tends to turn up against Liverpool, always puts us under a bit of pressure, whatever fullback he comes up against a lot of the time, it's Trent Alexander-Arnold, and I see no difference here when we play them on on Wednesday. He's going to be a massive threat. But like I say, they're a big, powerful side and got some good players, really, to be fair to them. And I didn't realise how close they were to the European places. The, you yeah. know, the right up there. And, you know, we, we do mock Roy Hodgson. He's much maligned, isn't he? And he was a shocking manager for Liverpool. I think the job was too big for him. But to be fair to him, credit where it's due, he, he's done a good job in most of the jobs that he's had in, in his career. Obviously, he won a lot of trophies, mm. didn't he, in, the, in Scandinavia with the, with lesser teams. But even in England, he's done well with Fulham because he actually got Fulham into Europe and he got to a, a, a European final, didn't he, against Atletico Madrid. And on the back of that, he got the Liverpool job. But, you know, he had a job at Blackburn as well back in the day, which they were in the Champions League. And he obviously got the England job, didn't he, for a few years and, you know, got quite a good record with England. I think they won all 10 qualifiers, one one campaign that he had for them. Yeah. And also done a good job at Crystal Palace as well. As I say, you know, I didn't realise how close they were to, to the European position. So, to be fair, he gets mocked by Liverpool fans, and quite rightly so, because it was a terrible couple of months that he was in charge of Liverpool but when he's gone elsewhere he's done a job another team I never mentioned West Brom as well he's done a good job at West Brom so as I say he always has his teams well drilled and these are a big powerful side and, and it's always a tough game against them I think the game last season at Anfield ended up in 4-3 to Liverpool and you know, we had a man sent off. I think Milner got sent off in the game for a foul on Zaha again, causing one of our one of our fullbacks at the time problems. And you know, I fully expect it to be the same same again on Wednesday night. And this is no given to me that Liverpool will get three points. In fact, you know, you might be surprised with my prediction for this game when we get onto it in a minute. But as I say, I just think Liverpool. I just felt a bit down, to be honest, purely because, look, Liverpool are going to win the league. There's no doubt about that. And we wanted to just get it wrapped up in the first couple of games. But, you know, that performance really did like make the people think long and hard about we're not prepared yet. You know, you look at Man City, destroyed Arsenal, destroyed Burnley. You know, they're ready. Liverpool don't look ready, really. And not many teams do, to tell you the truth. And, you know, as I say, it, it, it concerned me, the performance against Everton, let me say. It, it was a bit of a concern. And, you know, when you weigh up the fact that Crystal Palace actually look quite good and fit and ready, this could be a very difficult game on Wednesday. And as I say, they are a little bit of a bogey team. You know, it's all about three points. And as we said about the Everton game, when I predicted 3 0, I got my prediction wildly wrong. And so did yourself, because did you predict 4 um, 1? Yeah. We, we were well off with our predictions, weren't we? Um, yeah. But we did also say it's at the end of the day, it's all about the three points. And we never managed to do it. And the same applies against Palace on Wednesday. As long as we get the three points, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter about the performance, but I do think it's going to be tough. I really do. I think these are a good side. They're very dangerous. They're quick. They're powerful, as I've said a few times now. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm not particularly looking forward to the game because after that, we've got Man City away as well. And they, as we've seen, look right on it, don't they? Really scored, what, eight goals in two games. So, 
know, it's like they haven't even had a break, to be honest with you. So this game on Wednesday is massive, really. It's massively important. And I just think that the bonus is it looks like Robertson and Salah are going to return, though. Klopp seems upbeat that they are, you know, able to, to start the game, which is a bonus because Milner went off injured, didn't he? So really we want mm-hmm. Joe Gomez playing centre half with fans eye, which then enables Robertson at left back instead of having Gomez at left back and having to play maybe Dejan Lovren because it looks like Matip's injured now. Um then if Salah plays as well, then we'll have to have Minamino playing out of position. So we'll have the normal front three available. And then as I've heard, it's the midfield three, isn't it? Who we go with and mm. to be honest with you he was terrible when he came on on Sunday uh, Wijnaldum but I just think the tried and trusty three of Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum is what he might go with for this game may seem a bit harsh on Keita but you know because he was our best player in the derby game but I just think the tried and trusted methods of that midfield trio tends to work doesn't it it's worked for the majority of this season so I can see him reverting to that midfield trio on Wednesday against Palace and Robertson at left back and Salad on the right wing. Yeah, I think uh, similar myself. Yeah, once once more. When... 150 years of Children's National Hospital, 150 years of groundbreaking research, of exceptional healthcare for kids, of helping families like mine and yours. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. Uh, Andrew Robertson returns to the, to, the, to the squad. They'll be straight back into the start 11. And like you say, Jeannie didn't come, uh, came on on Sunday and uh, didn't pull up many trees that he was... He was in and out of the game, but like you say, Cater did really well. So it's going to be um, a selection problem for for Jurgen Klopp to to deal with in the midfield. So yeah, just looking forward to the to our score predictions before we um, before we finish up. Jay, give us your thoughts. Obviously, you said before that we might be surprised by your uh, by your selection book. on there. Give, give us your thoughts ahead of the game, please. Well, look, you know it is all about winning the game, getting the three points and, you know, I've heard people say, oh, we'll be right on it on Wednesday night back at Anfield, you know, points to prove after the poor result in the derby, we'll put three past Crystal Palace, this, that and the other. I'm not so sure because, you know, as I say, you look back over time with with Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp after we've had a break or, you know, when we, we've had an international break or whatever, as I said before, about if we're out the cup competitions and Liverpool need, they're like a momentum team when they're playing, when they're in the rhythm. It's better when we've got like three games in a week rather than having a week or two weeks to sit and dwell. And I know now we've, this is three days after the derby, so that, that could apply here. But I just think we looked well off it, to be honest, in the derby against Everton. It was poor. Um, and as I say, when you look at Crystal Palace's performance... They looked really good. They looked sharp. They looked fitted in what Liverpool did. So I just think it's going to be a tough game. I really do. And, you know, it would be typical the Liverpool way. I mean, look, we're 20 points clear now. We were 25 points clear, but they've closed the gap by five points purely because you know, they, they had the game and Anne beat Arsenal. Liverpool dropped points at the weekend against Everton. But, you know, it, it would be just typical Liverpool for them to drop more points and then maybe even drop points against City and then. You know, it'd be Aston Villa or something when we eventually do win the title. 
Here's us coming back for the restart, thinking it'll be wrapped up in two games and might end up taking about four games. But, you know, we are going to get it done. There's no doubt about that. But going into this game on, on Wednesday, I just think it could be tough. And all things considered, because of how well they looked in terms of fitness levels, they looked sharper than what Liverpool looked anyway. I think it could be tough. I mean, you know, with Salah being back, that would be a massive bonus because I think people underestimate just how important he is to this Liverpool team. Mo, Mo Salah probably hasn't been Liverpool's best player this season. To me, it's been Sadio Mane. But, you know, I think it's very evident when Salah misses games, you know, Liverpool lacked that little bit of cutting edge, really, and that threat to the opposition's defence. And, you know, Liverpool this season, you know, we've drawn two games in the league and both games at Old Trafford against United and at Goodison against Everton. Mo Salah never appeared in either game. Um, I know he did play against Watford when we lost 3-0, but the two games we've drawn, Salah didn't play in either game. So, to me, I think that's a little bit of an indicator as well, really, just how important he is to the attack and prowess of this Liverpool team. So, it's a massive bonus if he can start the game on, on Wednesday. Um, with having Robertson back as well, it, it adds to the balance of the team, doesn't it? And the overlapping fullback and his great energy levels to get back as well up and down that left wing. So, that would be a bonus. But I just think it may potentially end up a draw to be honest because Crystal Palace against Liverpool are always a tight game Liverpool beat them last se- this season and last season I think it was 2-1 both times at their at their grounds and last season at Anfield was 4-3 but as I say prior to all that they've been beating us at Anfield a few times they beat us 3-1 a couple of times 2-1 another, another occasion I think so you know they are a, a very dangerous team not to be underestimated and because it's so soon onto this, this, this restart and because they look better than what Liverpool did at the weekend. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. So, a score draw, 1-1 for Jay. Yeah, my own thoughts on the game. When we done the, the preview of, of the restart with the with the LFC day trippers, I also predicted a draw for this game for similar reasons, due to the fact that Palace always, always give us a, a tough game. Like Jay says, big, strong side. Um, and we'll probably find it difficult to break them down at times because they obviously they, they, they get themselves back into a, a good defensive shape after after counter attacks and, and such things like that. So um, I'm going to go with a two-two scoreline in this one. I just think it might be a little a bit more of an open game with us being back at Anfield and goals at both ends. So yeah, my scoreline prediction for this game is going to be a, a two-two draw, but well, hopefully not. Fingers crossed. The Reds will get the win. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there, right? That surprised we... me. To be honest, does surprise me. I mean, here's me building it up, like because I think people were thinking, "Oh, is he going to say he thinks Palace will beat us here?" And I, and I went with a draw because I've been mm-hmm. saying it on Twitter, on social media. Anyway, I think got mm-hmm. a feeling it could be a close and tough game. Expecting it to be another draw like it was on Sunday, but you're normally a little bit more positive than me, so I'm a little bit surprised mm-hmm. that you've gone for a draw as well to back me up on it. Yeah. I just I just thought that from from when we done that podcast earlier on, I just thought this this is one of them games where where like you say they have been a bit of a bogey side and they always tend to do well when they come to Anfield. I remember the game last year, like you say, the four three, and um, I think we was ahead and then they, they pegged us back in the and it was I think it took a, a goal from Mane at the end to to seal the victory. Um, what was his name? The the, the lad, the, the German lad, come on, didn't he and scored for them. Uh, 
I think at the one where we went out for we went out for a bevy after it, and and it was a cock up by Speroni, and I I yeah. I had a bottle of Peroni, and like someone gave me a pen and I put an S before the Peroni. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Peroni. I'm sure, but that was that occasion, wasn't it? But anyway, yeah, yeah I, I fully agree with you. I think it'll be a, a really difficult game. And we might be completely and utterly wrong. Hopefully we are the way we were for the Derby game and it works the other way this time and we're cautious yeah. with our predictions and it'll be a draw and we end up winning 3-0 comfortably. So fingers crossed that happens, but my own thoughts on it are that it will be a really tough game and I, and I would not surprise me in the slightest if it was a score draw. Definitely. Cheers, Jay. Right, okay, thanks very much to the LFC day trippers, Gavin, the lads for editing our podcast. I'm sure it'll be uh, be with you very uh, soon, probably this evening, in fact. So don't for- also don't forget to keep up with the No More Knives campaign with Paul Bentley, all the people over there doing some uh, fantastic work in the trying to eradicate the knife crime, Merseyside and the surrounding areas. So thanks very much again, Jay, and um, we'll be back for our podcast, which is the City one. So we We've got plenty of time in between them two games, haven't we? Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a gap, not great, because we've had to wait so long and then all of a sudden mm. play two games and we've got another gap, but it is what it is. And, you know, let's hope we can get these three points on Wednesday in a game that I expect to be very tough. Great stuff. OK, thanks everybody for listening and we'll be back with our Manchester City preview more towards the weekend, I think. So, yeah, thanks everybody for listening and uh, speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. I'll only be a minute. Come in with me. What is HomeSense anyway? Look, outdoor furniture is in. Hey, that's a great brand. And it's a six-piece set. Check out this price. Are you sure that's not just the no, table? No, chairs too. Is this an outdoor rug? It is. It's nicer than our indoor rug. Outdoor ottomans, planters, patio umbrellas. Are you seeing these prices? You save a lot at HomeSense. This is the year we love our backyard. Can I say something? Yes. I'll get the truck. And that is why I love you. Save on outdoor like never before at HomeSense. Discover a store near you at HomeSense.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.